0: had about 2,000 people and some change at the game tonight Mm -hmm. (laughs) ownership it is very extremely apparent that ownership just doesn't care right now in terms of getting people in the stadium they've traded away all their best players they've consistently slashed payroll for the last i don't know how many years but my friends and family ace fans could be worse. It could be the Cincinnati Reds. Who are, yeah. as of this recording, May, Monday, May 2nd, are 3-19. and 19. After an the off... second? Yep, yeah, go ahead.
1: The second that you took a breather in between, just animating the background.
0: Well, our third host for tonight. Yeah, there you go. Need. But to make it... Here's what makes things even worse. They did do the ACE treatment. They did trade... Some of their best players or some of their better players with Sonny Gray and Eugenio e- 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 Suarez and Jesse yeah. Winker. Yeah. Uh, Nick Castellanos left in free agency. I thought Jesse Winkler stayed. He No, he's on. in Seattle. That's right. Um, oh, Nick God, Castellanos so was on a pod. I think he was on the, on, um, the uh, Rose Rotation pod. <sfx> yeah. And he said uh, that the ownership didn't even call him. They didn't even call him to say, hey, look, we can't even match. We just say, hey, thank you for your time here. We really appreciated you, kind of thing. Nope. And the team president, who's also the son of the owner, said, well, what are you going to do? Sell the team to who? That's the other thing. You want to have this debate? What would you do with this team to have more profitable, more, more money, more complete economic systems that the game exists? It would be picked up and move it somewhere else. Be careful what you wish for. And ever since that went, that statement went out. They've just completely mm-hmm. tanked. So, uh, you know, what, guys, it could be worse. I feel like the Reds haven't
1: spent money since like the nineties. I mean, Joey Votto got, has that they, huge extension. Crazy
0: does he have he had an extension yeah yeah that's why he's been there the whole time that poor guy's losing it no
1: i I know he's been there the whole time but i didn't i didn't know they had like a huge extension that
0: poor guy's losing his mind have you seen his his weird like social media presence now he
1: oh no he's one of the funniest people i've ever seen
0: like interviews on sports like radio shows so he he mirrored a tiktok video that doja cat did where she dressed up as like a sexy ron (laughs) weasley and did a dance and he did the same thing
1: Oh really? yeah that's hilarious what are you t- that's not that's not weird that's fucking funny like that's, what that's exactly what i'm talking that's about that's like, all he he's needs hella funny. he just
0: needs to get through the season he's somehow he's hella funny uh even though my pipe dream would be he gets traded to the blue jays
1: i feel like uh but i mean yeah i'm I, I, don't, I don't know cincinnati is such a legendary baseball town that'd be weird not to have the reds in cincinnati they're one of the oldest franchises but uh in, in terms of the, uh, our team, I feel like just reality is set in just, like, the lack of talent that this team has, you know? So it, we knew it was coming. Um, Like, the pitching is still – I feel like the pitching is still above average, just the offense is more inconsistent now, which I have a rant that I'm going to get into that in the second half for the reason why I think the offense is inconsistent, so we can move on. And right on that um, note – John Tailgate podcast, that's Julio and I, Chris. <laughs> We're wearing Warriors hats because – we are showing our support for that team um, via this podcast. So go, Warriors. Great
0: Dubs. win last night.
1: But this is a baseball podcast. Yes. So we're talk about baseball. Um, new, some new changes in the minor leagues are have uh, caught the eye of uh, baseball Twitter today. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, our thoughts on it. Uh, we had a first no hitter of the season. Uh, we had a couple close ones, but not officially. So this is the first one. Um, and then obviously some, um, more, some news on, uh, Trevor Bauer. Um, so let's start with that. Huh? Julio, um, Trevor Bauer has been suspended 264 games, which is the equivalent of about two years. Uh, exactly. Two Hold years, on. Sorry. Do
0: your math. Um, Do your math. I just did 264, 300, so. 300- 324. <laughs> no, you're like 162. but Chris, come on. <laughs> did I say 264? Yeah, games? it's all good. God. It's all good.
1: Um, three... I got new contacts today. Um, I'm trying them out because I went to the eye doctor and they're kind of just like... all over Got some new you know? fucking anyway. contacts. It, I, I don't think it's the contacts. You know how they give you those eye drops where you like, um... They dilate your pupils so they yeah, can yeah, like, yeah, look yeah. at... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's just been fucking with my eyes all day, dude. It's been brutal. Anyway, I'm sure they'll be fine when I wake up in the morning. So, Trevor Bauer has been suspended 324 games, which is the equivalent of two years. Um, this is all from the, um sexual misconduct case, conduct case that's been going on. Uh, one more woman has come forward. I think this was a couple of days before the um, suspension came down um, and with complaints. Um, so I think Major League Baseball was just tired of waiting for the civil system to step in. They needed to act, and um, they did. I, I mean, you can... You know, make what you want about this, Julio. Be, you know, listeners, your opinion on on whether you think he was in the right or in the wrong um, in his case. But um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I have mixed feelings on it. The more I read about it, I have mixed feelings on it.
0: It's, uh, it's reminding me, you know, we're, we're never going to know the true story. I think a lot. The same no. thing with a lot of stuff that we've talked about in baseball. Over the last few months, especially when it came to the Hall of Fame, but it kinda of reminded me of uh this the whole debate we've had when the Hall of Fame ballots or like votes went out. David Ortiz gets him first ballot for alleged even though he's alleged steroid use, but then Barry yeah. Bonds on his final year doesn't get in. And it goes back my Piazza too. Yeah, right? and it kinda of just goes back to that, you know, as long as you're nice you can, you're nice to the right people, you get through, kind of thing. Because we've, unfortunately, we've seen other players in the past who've kind of been in the same situation where Trevor Bauer, you know, was getting these allegations, who've got off scot-free. Marcelo is playing this season. He start, He's on the opening day roster, even though he there's actual people's He proof.
1: almost got in a fight with Ozzy Albies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and and there's
0: proof that he actually did some he did something bad and uh yeah. but he, he's fine but trevor Bauer is the one that gets kind of scapegoated with it um I, I get and like you mentioned another woman did come out with allegations about it i can speak on behalf of a lot of my dodger friends i'm sure you're gonna say the same thing where everybody's like well good riddance hopefully that's it and this is over
1: I don't know, man. I know like five Dodger fans who are like, I don't know, he's coming back. We could use him. Like they were gonna they were ready to accept him with open arms, so
0: They have tough, dude, they it's have tough to say. If they really want to make another arm move like they did with Scherzer and because they're kinda of nervous about um about Bauer not coming back, they could trade somebody. They'll figure something out. It's the Dodgers. They always yeah. figure out something, but it's just as a, you know, as an outsider, as just a baseball fan, it's just nice that this kind of has an end to it. We're not going to be seeing these consistent one month. Oh, he's going to be suspended yeah. another month. He's going to be suspended.
1: Yeah, I'm so over this case. I'm so over talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it, it,
0: it is what it is. And it's like I told you on the other day, I guarantee he will play again this year in Mexico.
1: In Mexico, yeah um yeah i mean you can do your research and go look it up make your own opinion if you want it's just um w- you know whether it was consensual or not is uh very up in the air because there's a lot of evidence that shows that it is but also there's a lot you know there's evidence that shows that he crossed the line anyway let's move on um um <laughs> uh, first no hitter of the season julio the mets <laughs> um good job um uh oh sorry first no hitter of the season uh i totally blow past that you 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 just take it over from here because i'm just fucking that one up
0: what the first no hitter of the season by the new york mets it's like the meme it says it's not about the money spider-man it's about the mets baby mm-hmm. the new york mets who are the best team in the national league and guess who's the best team in the american league the new york yankees the
1: yankees
0: the two best teams in all of baseball are all in New York right now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Mets, yeah, mm. The first no hitter of the season. It was a uh, a uh, excuse me, combined no hitter between uh, Taylor McGill, Drew Smith, Seth Lugo, and uh, Joely Rodriguez and Edwin Diaz. Uh, former. You're never
1: Maryland gonna great. see us a. Uh, a- solo pitcher no hitter in the first two months in the modern day game that's the best way i can explain it like we haven't seen that in years and the reason is because i think like a few pitchers did it like five years ago and like all of them like hit the hit the il like instantly because of like their next start because there was something going on joe musgrove did it last year i feel like managers are just so just so like more cautious about this like lincecum it was like remember lincecum threw like 146 pitch no hitter and then like his second start after that no hitter he was on the il for like four months like it was like a thing um or it's just not i mean i I think it's just not worth it or i've got even i think it's worth it but i think managers don't think it's not it's worth it
0: um or uh i can do the more relevant one for us which is Sean it's happened far after when Shawn Manaya. The Shawn I was in like May, right? He threw his in April, April twenty first. We had just had uh, the anniversary a, a few weeks ago. Mm. But then um, he went had like he was done in August. He didn't finish the season. Yeah, but the Mets could use uh, the walk our game. Do you actually believe this is for real? Do you think this is actually yeah. a, a really good team? Chris Bassett has been excellent. We got to give our kudos yeah. to our guy. Scherzer's. You didn't do so well today, though. Yeah, uh, but they. So you think this for real? You think they're going to be able to maintain this throughout the season? Because that's the, what everyone's. The Mets.
1: Said. The Mets. Yeah, I mean, I picked them in our season preview last episode for for the, them to to take that. I was split between them and the Braves, but them to take that division. The Yankees, not so much. I'm, I, I think this is a little fluky. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule though, so who knows? But I feel like the Yankees are a little fluky. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The. The rotation has been outstanding. Cole's racking up the K's over there. Um, you know, Nasty Nestor over there has also been kind of flying under the radar. I think a lot of Yankee fans have been talking about him for some time, but he's really kind of come together mm-hmm. this year. The pen is looking good, but it's just going to be like, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? What's it when? What is it going to take? Yeah. Aaron Judge is playing out of Sounds his mind lately too, so.
1: It's not sustainable. It's just not. Like it, it, like in that ballpark, when you play 82 games in that ballpark, it's not sustainable. Like those, those pitchers are going to fuck up eventually.
0: And I hope they do because I'll be first in line to celebrate it. Whoa. <laughs> Actually, I will not even say that. I, I'm sure there's yeah. other people who hate the Yankees more than I do now.
1: I have a softer spot for the Yankees now that um, we talk with Rich and Robbie so often about baseball. I don't know. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. I've, I've I don't been... know why, because they they help me see like the other side of it, not the like the not the uh, arrogant like ignorant fan Yan- Yankee fan. You know what I mean? Like arrogant, like annoying, like we're the fucking Yankees, bro. We fucking win every year, bro. Like they're like a lot more. <laughs>
0: pessimistic i've heard yeah how many times have we seen it? oh glaber's a bomb
1: yes yeah, yeah, yeah From yeah. one of those two <laughs> yeah it's
0: a good impression yeah. of one of them i don't know who though uh the pitch clock this is something that has been was a part of the MLBPA. this is actually kind of an old story but chris wanted to bring it back to us so we can kind of speak on it we did a good well it went through.
1: viral today julio it went viral today on twitter i had like three or four people hit me up separately to ask me my opinion on it
0: so what happened today though to go viral
1: well it was a rockhounds game right and i think it was uh ben ross tweeted it there was a batter in the rockhounds game and um you know it's he has two strikes on him um second strike goes he um, kind of readjusts himself, and he steps outside the batter's box. I think you can't really tell. The, can't, the the scoreboard's kind of in the way of where his feet are standing, so you can't see if he's in the b- batter's box or not. But the umpire calls um, uh, a strike on him because, according to the umpire, he stepped outside the batter's box, which is against the rules. So the rule in the minor leagues this year is there's a pitch clock. Um, uh, pitcher has, from when he gets the ball back, he has – 14 seconds to um, Like like get on the mound and and take his sign and start his windup. the batter from when the the um, The ball gets thrown back to the pitcher has 14 seconds to be ready for the pitch And you're not allowed at all to leave the batter's box You can put one foot outside, but but you can't take both feet outside of the batter's box You have to remain inside the batter's box at all times if the pitcher takes too long over it goes over the pitch clock it's uh, a ball gets called an automatic ball gets called if the batter steps outside the batter's box or takes too long to get ready to to, to take to take the pitch it's uh, a strike gets called against them just for the listeners who don't know the rule
0: and what happened
1: <laughs> oh oh sorry oh yeah yeah my bad it's been um, a long so day they folks. called a third they called a third strike and the batter was out and it was the first ever in the history of baseball um strike out that a third pitch was a third a pitch wasn't thrown to to because he took they
0: he took too long
1: yeah well no it wasn't because he took too long because he stepped outside the batter's box right because it was nine seconds like i I counted it it was nine seconds from when the the catcher throws the ball to when the batter gets back in the batter or gets back into position and gets ready to take the pitch so i think i think he called i think the umpire called he stepped out of the
0: batter's box and why are we talking? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about yeah. this is there is a very, very, very high chance that this has come in into Major League Baseball next year. The studies have actually shown that Jeff Passon had a piece uh, for ESPN where it has decreased the pitch, or the uh, average game time by 20 minutes while also not affecting the number of runs or scored a game. So the scoring is still mm-hmm. the same the game is shorter that's kind of a win-win but i think the thing we're going to start seeing uh going forward is complaining a lot of complaining from players which i i understand because you know you're kind of completely changing the way you've been raised your whole life to play but at the same time you know you've got there's i'm hoping that you're getting all the best uh, coaching or whatever it could be to make this adaption easier the
1: reality is we're going to get a lot of complaining like the first month of it and then it's just going to be kosher after that look at look at the 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 substance checks now no pitchers bitching about the substance check anymore it was like a two to three week thing where they made the, they went up all up in arms and made this big deal about it and now it's just nothing no one even cares it's just the umpire goes up Checks his hand real quick. It looks like they're like you know holding hands for a second, and then he keep, keeps walking. It it's it's it it's it's whatever. And it, you know what that and there, there's two uh, there's two sides to it. One, obviously, the players are gonna make a big deal out of it because it's different. And they don't want it to happen, so they're gonna try and get the public on their side. And the umpires are gonna be super strict on it the first like month of the season because they need to send a message to everybody like we're not fucking around. So get with the program, and then. You know, a couple months later, they're going to be a lot more leaning on it, like they are now. Hey, let me just check your hand. All right, cool. It Doesn't feel any anything. No big deal. I don't need to check your glove or whatever. It, it it's it's a, it's the same cycle. It's it's going to be fine. We're going to get up in arms about it for a month, and then we'll be over it.
0: They'll learn to adapt. These guys are at least majority of these guys are smart enough that they will learn to adapt to this. I think there's definitely going to be yeah. some some bumps and that's any process man anytime you go through a big change in whatever you do on a consistent basis you, of course you're gonna have some red bumps in there so everybody that's yeah. uh sunglasses Twitter you know when people have like an avatar their Twitter avatar is just like this like this close to their face their sunglasses yeah it's those people those people complaining it's like you know what who cares They'll fr- they're will they complaining because they
1: they just need to say something on twitter and they i'm like, not being heard it, it, I, yeah um I, I i would say uh you know i don't i mean do you think that we'll have a kyle shorber level uh outburst i mean maybe but yeah i don't know which was
0: awesome and was rightfully so because that's that a was story a horribly oh horribly yeah. called game
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, and uh, I I do want to be on record that, and I I think I've said this on the pod, but I want to say it now that we're talking about it in the segment. I am for this change, 100%. I've said it on this podcast before. There's a video on YouTube. I think it's Dennis Eckersley is side-by-side. A video with a modern day pitcher. I can't remember. I want to say it's Max Scherzer, but I can't remember. And what takes Max, or what takes the modern day pitcher, one pitch to throw, Dennis Eckersley throws three pitches. Now, Dennis Eckersley was famously a fast moving pitcher back in the day. So maybe it's not the best example, but they've shown other pitchers from that era. And it's like, so much quicker like the pitcher you don't need to take a fucking lap around the mound you don't need to like fucking lick your fingers adjust your hat like f- cup your balls and then step on the mound and, t- and, t- and take forever to take your sign like just fucking get with it already same thing with batters you don't need to step out take a lap redo my gloves oh you know what you know what i i just i just you know like let's say like for lack of of good example I- all right i step up to the plate i watch a strike go by you know what's really gonna help me, like, really think about this next pitch to make sure like my mind is right, so I I I predict the correct pitches that's happening. If I step outside the batter's box, adjust my gloves three times and cut my cut my balls. Yeah, you know what? These batter's box, these batting gloves are so tight on my wrist, it's cutting off circulation in my brain to help me look at these pitches and act accurately depict if it's a a slider or a. a fastball let me loosen them up here oh what a slider goes by and I thought it was a fastball oh you know what maybe they were just too loose let me readjust them make them a little bit tighter no get the fuck out of here like just stay in the batter's box think about your game plan and get ready
0: for the next pitch it's
1: ridiculous
0: yeah that'll show them you're not gonna throw that pitch on me now because I rotated my bat 10 times only player that can do that is you Drew. That I'll be okay I'm just saying, like,
1: you here. think that like, cupping your balls and readjusting your batting gloves is gonna help you, like, <laughs> predict the next pitch, pitch better? Like, I mean, come on, get the fuck out of here, dude! All
0: right, folks, coming up next on Ball Adjustment, we're gonna be talking to the Ball Adjustment Podcast. It's gonna be the spinoff show, <laughs> and that's all. And that's all of our stuff we got for the big three. Now I'll move on to what our real bread and butter is, A's news. And that's the first. And also, that's the first round of an of. Well, hopefully two, maybe three rants this podcast Ooh, by Chris. Chris feeling ranty. <laughs> yeah, after today's game, I do feel a little ranty too. Uh, great news. The A's have passed a huge hurdle when it comes to the Howard Terminal project. Uh, the Bay uh, Conservation and Development Commission staff recommended moving forward with the A's new potential ballpark at Howard Terminal. What this means is that after review, they have determined that the belief that the best use of this space would rather it be a you know what it's being used for right now which is a you know quote unquote shipping to the ballpark would actually be the better long-term project for the area and we've really needed some sort of positive music like, like this and thank god
1: Uh, essentially i mean you can follow casey pratt to get more info on this as we say all the time but the basically what they said is that the a's ballpark is better for the environment in the in the bay and specifically that area in the water than what the what it currently the port is being used for currently the port is polluting quite a bit into the bay and they believe that the a's ballpark um project will be a much better for the environment much better for everything there, the marine life and everything um and the only reason why this is such a big hurdle was a month ago a report came out that um, they were not leaning towards that that they thought it would be worse but um you know numbers never lie and they did some research and overwhelmingly it's uh it's better for it
0: it's interesting that this story came out. Um, for those of you that late last week's night with John Oliver, he actually had a pretty interesting piece last night where he was talking about uh, environmental racism and how a lot of the areas that are have been affected throughout lifelong pollution have been you know, more under pillage, more lower-income areas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- he didn't talk about it, and I wish he did, even though... You know, what does a ballpark mean to him? But uh, this is kind of the same measurement. West Oakland has a long history of being polluted because of what Schnitzer still has, has kind of put out into that air region. I know when we had Mason on this podcast, oh, God, almost two years ago now. Uh, yeah, that was a fucking yeah, while ago, dude. That was one of, our main ta- one of the big talking points. Is like, Why would you keep using the space when you're just kind of using it to continuously harm the people of that area? When you yeah. could, you know, provide work, you can provide jobs, a kind of a more of a safer area. And I'm glad that this is the step. There's still work to be done. Of course, you're going to still hear a lot of conversations about the number of people who are going to the games, which we're going to be hearing that forever. Uh, the flirting with Vegas, but just try your best to just clear up that noise and focus on some of the light that we're seeing. And this is one of them, so. Julio, I don't think the boycott's going to be over until
1: shovels are in the ground. Oh, the 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 boycott. I, I, you know, the boycott by Ace fans. Yeah, I don't I don't think people are going to start going until there's a, like, you know, there's
0: proof that they're staying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame them too. It's 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 uh it's discouraging. It's very discouraging. At least we, at least if there's yeah. not uh, if there isn't shovels on the ground, at least like hand or like ink to paper very cut and dry it's happening stuff yeah but until then we're going to keep losing prime players like the latest induction into our former Oakland great (laughs) Hall of Fame Chris hit the music Yusmero Alberto Batit
1: Alberto that's a cool name yeah
0: 2017 through 2021 for almost every year he was in Oakland, besides last year, he had a sub-3, or 2018, I'm sorry, sub-3 ERA, or better, and every year it's besides my guy. last year. That's right. Our old friend, Yusmera Petit, has signed a minor league contract to reunite with our old, old, our old, their, uh, old friend, Bob Melvin. In other words, Bob Melvin's going to finish the job. He's gonna kill yuzmero Petit on the baseball diamond. He's gonna make him pitch 120 games. I can't wait. You mean the you mean the uh Oakland A's SoCal? SoCal A's. Yeah, we got, let's see. Manaya, Petit, Profar. Anybody else? There's more, but I'm blanking yeah. Um, you know, no, nothing much we can really talk about with this move I, but i just it's great to see that he's still getting work and that he's getting work because it's an old friend who still trusts him in those moments
1: oh and the mets i forgot i had this joke earlier i fucked i fucked it up oh. oakland a's oakland a's east was what i was gonna call the mets oh totally
0: yeah
1: a's east anyway yusmero Petit, i thought he was gonna retire for sure i I'm for shocked. sure
0: thought he was gonna retire too
1: i thought he did like I, I thought there was announcement and everything. I, I was like, "What? Oh, okay, cool. He's coming out of retirement." Ah,
0: one more, former Oakland great, <clears throat> and it goes back to this original topic, Trace Thompson, brother of, for, of mm. current Warrior legend. He's on the Padres. That dude's been everywhere. That was cool. Yeah, I, I really hoped. I love that. Remember that catch he made
1: in center field? That I think Clay sick. was at the game too. It was great. No Clay. Clay wasn't at the game; he was watching at home. But he posted a video, and like he saw it, and he goes,
0: "No, no, no!" It's oh, right. like the,
1: the Motumbo. yeah. That's so great. Uh,
0: I was actually at a Dodgers game where uh, when Trace Thompson was on the team, and he hit a walk off, a fucking walk off home run. Dude, if
1: he didn't get hurt, he had a lot of potential. If he didn't get, I think I forgot. He's a big dude, Kobe John or something. Yeah, I mean, he's and it, fast.
0: Yeah, and honestly. Honestly, it's it, this is kind of mean to say, but what a kind of nice life to live where you don't really have to worry about the financial obligations of just working through the minor leagues because, you know, your family's kind of set for life. And well, you can I just mean, go play grew ball. grew
1: up rich cuz he grew up rich his dad was Michael Exactly. Ponson no, exactly. That's what, what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. But that's yeah. kind of nice, right? Like, yeah, I don't care that I'm Yeah. not making any money. 100%. All right. Anyway, back to anyway. some more uh, minor league talk. <laughs> Uh, Katie Nolan's favorite player, yeah, Mickey, Mack.
1: Mickey, Mickey Mack, sorry, Katie sent down. To maybe AAA. you can, maybe, maybe he'll come up again one day and you can, you'll get excited.
0: So one day, but also a corresponding move. Uh, Austin Allen has been DFA'd bro. Bring up Shay already. Get
1: him fucking hitting dingers sure. for the A's man. My God, I know they're just betting court's been better. So it's like, and Stephen Vogt's going to be coming back not too like in a couple days. So it's like, all right, we can't have four catchers on the roster. Let's have you go through the system. If you, someone picks you up, you know, good for you. If not, whatever. But fucking hell, dude, we we could use Shea Langelier so bad in our lineup right now. You know, in retrospective too, so. He's got eight fucking home runs already. Oh my god, he looks so good, dude! Like that. If that's not ready for the big leagues, I don't know what is.
0: I want him up already. He looks awesome.
1: He can give. It'll be. He could DH and then he'll give Murph a day or two a rest, and he'll be elite on defense when he is. I mean, and we don't have to give up a shit bat batting spot in the order. I mean. What are we doing here, dude? Imagine him, hitting, Murph, hitting third. Him hitting fourth. That'd how many, be like the best catcher batting duo in fucking major league baseball history.
0: No, nah, I was just about to say, like, how many catcher duos can he save? Done that? How many had that opportunity too? So that'll be pretty interesting if that happens. But, but it won't. It won't happen because, because they're not going to call. There's incompetence
1: him up. happening lately.
0: Anyway, they're so not going to call him up, unfortunately. It's like, it's like, no, but it's like, hey, no. you know what? I think you know. Ben Court has done enough to at least show that hey, you you could play consistently and even if you're not hitting well that you at least seem pretty competent where I think the biggest thing and it was uh, we'll talk about later can play first that's the big exactly thing. he can play first and first is very easy tell him wash uh but Austin Allen couldn't play first there wasn't much versatility with him his bat has been pretty not good throughout the year yeah. and uh in terms of his defense, it's like, well, you got Murph as our Gold Glove winning catcher. You got another stud that's going to be in the pipes pretty much. So just to, it wasn't going to work. Well, we'll see if he comes back. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, welcome back, Cap. James Caprilli made his first start of the season on Sunday. Uh, wasn't the greatest of starts. It looks like he had some issues with uh, pitch command. But the biggest yeah, thing he is he just had some control issues. Yeah, control issues, fine. which I think we all. Kinda expected that to happen. Uh, but hey, you know what? He he made it back up. Hopefully this is a the start. They definitely needed it. Adam Muller got to back to Vegas, which I know we're kind of both a little relieved after seeing what he did the first month. And you know, I would be shocked if we see him again at some point this season, but get to the reps and boy. Last but not least, Ramon watch. Ramon is it- due to be coming back in a few more weeks. Uh I don't have this exact date in front of me. So he's been taking I think it's May 8th. Oh crap. That's next week. Uh yeah. he's been taking some, he's already played six games in Vegas. And uh let's not look too into it. Let's just say that. He's hitting 143. He's six He hasn't played ball in a year. Yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh he is three for twenty one. Uh he's gotten a double. He's walked three times, he struck out five times, he's gotten two steals, which is really nice. But Let's not forget he killed it in spring though. Exactly, I think it's he hasn't played competitive ball in almost a year, where yeah. I think it kind of means some stuff. But Ramon, watch that's uh, your or this week's edition of Ramon Watch brought to you by Chris Martinez. no, no, no save that.
1: No, save that. That's a sponsor for Player of the Week. Oh yeah. yes, that's right.
0: That's right. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Come on, Julio, give the program. Bro. Damn it, stupid. <laughs> All right. Everybody who's listening, tweet at Julio, give the program. Uh, Hashtag. Give at hashtag program. give the program. Yeah. Boom. Um, One thing about Cap. Just real quick. Re- recap. See what I did there? Um, It could be worse. You could be Alex Cobb, and you could have thrown 46 pitches um, on Sunday and got taken out the first inning. 46 pitches in one inning, and half of them were balls. Ugh. I don't think Cap's ball to strike ratio was quite that bad. So we were watching it. We were watching the, my buddy Sean was over here watching the Warriors game. We had the Giants game up on um, TV number three and it was brutal to watch. He fucking was walking everybody. 22 balls. Corn cop TV, baby. It's corn cop TV. <laughs> we can move on. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and we're going to do um, first month uh, review of the season. Did you have something to say? Because you were raising your hand. No, I was gonna see if you got oh, the yeah.
0: Corn Cop TV reference. I did not. Sorry. A, you wanna explain it before we go to break? I think you should leave. The second season, it's the first episode oh, with coffin drop. Oh yes, Corn Cop TV.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Classic TV show.
1: Honestly, second season was a little disappointing, but we can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, but it was worth it, it for after corn Cop the break Yeah, we'll talk about after the break. All right. This is going to be the first month in the books. We're going to review the season. I don't. I don't really have. I don't have a better opening for that. I wasn't creative enough. The month in review. The
0: it's the review of the first month of Oakland A's baseball, which that was pretty much know, it's as the same thing. Hey, you exciting what? as what I did. Screw you, screw you, man.
1: Don't I'm. I was hoping you would save me on that one. Don't be mad at me. The month. Of, all right. There's nothing.
0: Anyways, we're gonna talk about
1: the. first Julio, what are your first thoughts after the first month of the A season? It could have been worse. Oh, it could have been way worse. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty. Um, satisfied. If you like, to be honest. At
0: the with. end. Of the, yes. Ab, yes. I think that's a good way to put it. At the end of the day. Considering the circumstances. Considering everything that's happened in this, the first month of the season so far for this team, including you know trading your opening day starter like a week before opening day yeah that sucked not bad not bad so yeah. um obviously there's some good and bad so chris and i can talk about what has worked well in our opinions what hasn't worked well uh do you want to go bad first or you want to go good first uh i'm gonna go let's go what doesn't work what doesn't work yeah so we're gonna uh Kay. do a sandy from greece no never mind i'm not i'm not gonna go that greece reference don't
1: we have a segment called it what
0: works and what doesn't we had fix it we gotta fix it that's right we kind of gave no, up on just... the consistent segment idea but yeah i like this more fun it's more it's more a little more a little more authentic yeah organic anyways
1: all right so what doesn't work for you what's the first thing the defense
0: is terrible yeah 21 airs to start the season, they are tied in the major league lead for airs. Look, we understand. I think everybody knew when you trade two of the best defensive players in baseball, there was going to be some – there was going to be growing pains there. We we completely understand. But Elvis has not – is just fallen apart as a baseball player in terms of You know defense. what help
1: our defense? Nick Allen.
0: Just play him every day. I play him every day. What are we going to do? Like, are Ugh. you – what trade value like, – look, I love Elvis. I do think he needs to be on this team. He should stay there for veteran leadership, all this stuff. I, I really believe in that. But at the same time, why, why is he in their lineup every day? But
1: where would you play Elvis? I don't, I don't want to play him at second. I'd rather have Kemp at second.
0: Give him more He'll days be off, defender. dude. But, like, what are we doing here? Like, are we trying to increase his trade value? What trade value? The guy doesn't have anything right now, unfortunately. Like, I want him to, but yeah, he's a big part of that. Um, Chad Pinder being hurt for two weeks didn't help the outfield defense. Piscotty also being out, too, because we saw some, for the lack of better words. Seth Brown's fine, but he's not a good defensive player. For – uh, for the lack of better words, and I feel like this is a great analogy for it, we've had some slack dick, slap dick defense in left and right field this season so far. Yeah, pache has been Pache's awesome.
1: putting on a fucking clinic in center. Oh, oh, he might want to go if he keeps oof. going, but yeah, it's, that's different. I mean, Mickey Mac wasn't great out there. I mean, what, what was uh, there was a specific play two weeks ago that I texted you about where it just like was it against the Phillies or something like that? The ball just went like straight over his head. And he didn't even like try and make a play on it. And he was like, it was, it was like a, against the wall. It went off the wall and he like was jogging to the, to the fly ball. I don't, I don't even remember who it was, but it was fucking disgraceful. Now, do
0: you think that a little bit of that has to deal with just learning to play in the Coliseum where that was, that wasn't in the Coliseum. Oh, not Oh, okay. But that... no, yeah, the, the, I'm sure. They're talking about the wind, the wind swirling in
1: the outfield and shit. Th- yeah. Look,
0: th- at the end of the day, this is going to change because once Ramon comes back, cool, that's going to be a consistent glove over there in right, and then you're going to have Pinder consistently in left, Piscotti mm-hmm. on the rotation. But we've talked about a few weeks ago when we were going to this first baseman by committee, and it just seems like there's no real, like stand out so far I'm like yeah this person should at least be consistently playing first base yeah. as defense and that's kind of my concern right now is like there's no solution who can be a consistent first baseman um and let's see that that's my first that's my first thing that hasn't worked I don't love it the defense is not good
1: the the infield in general hasn't really been consistent except for Elvis at shortstop unfortunately like it's really weird like I Tony Kemp should just play every day at second yeah. base like if we need him in the outfield for like injuries or something like that, that's fine. But he should just play there every day at second base because he's a stud over there. Nick Allen should be playing fucking shortstop, and Sheldon Noisy should be playing third. Enough of this Kevin Smith bullshit. Kevin Smith can be a nice little bench piece, but Sheldon Noisy on both ends of the ball is clearly our best third baseman. He's probably our best player right now all around. He is. To be honest with you. He is. There's no argument right now. so it's just like obviously first base we got to figure out. They tried Noisy at first base yesterday. He made some pretty bad errors. He's clearly just not comfortable. It's a completely different side of the diamond. He didn't really have many, many reps there in the off season. So maybe that's a thing for next season. But like there just needs to be consistency. There's no consistency in the infield whatsoever.
0: I wonder what Nate Freeman is up to right now. <laughs> big old 6'7 seven, Nick. Dude,
1: he was so big. He should have been just smacking about the park left and right, but he wasn't. I never understood yeah. anyway.
0: Chris, what is your first bat thing of the season?
1: The four-hole hitter. The thing Ooh. I've been complaining about yeah. for weeks to you. It's a joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, please explain to me the logic on having a, a player who came in a week before the season who was DFA'd by half the teams in Major League Baseball and has, is currently hitting 119. Why are we hitting him at number four? Guess who that player is? Billy McKinney. Why is he hitting four, like, regularly? I don't understand it. I don't see the pop. I don't see the consistency. It's like, we, regularly, Kemp, Noisy, and Murph, like, it feels like every time they come up to bat, those three, at least one of them gets on base. And nine times out of ten, one of them gets in a scoring position because, like, let's say Kemp goes up to hit and Noisy will move him up. Or let's say Kemp goes to hit, Noisy gets it, strikes out or something like that, grounds out, and Murph moves up. Like, it, it feels like we, whenever those three get up to bat, because they've been so good at the beginning of the season, one of them gets in scoring position, and then, like, McKinney fucks up by hitting a ground ball and into a double play. And then there's one out, and we got, like, a runner on third. At least lately, the first like two weeks of the season, this wasn't the case they were hitting real well, and then, like Seth Brown comes at the bat and he strikes out, and then that's the end of the ending. It's like why are we why are we wasting these fucking spots in the order with fucking mediocre not like I don't even know what to call them. I don't want to be mean, but they're just not like McKinney is like so terrible Like I don't understand why he's on this roster. Chris has gone full. And I apologize, McKinney. This is—it's not. I mean, I guess it is personal, but like you know, it's part of the job. It's part of the podcast. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's a part of the, the job that we get for you. It's just State so frustrating to watch. Or...
1: Every time he comes to the bat, I just like I want to fucking bang my head against the wall. I have a couple times.
0: You should just have like a height, like a uh, a fake, like a wall graph of looks like a, your head in the there. I I don't get it. I I really don't get. It seems like they are starting to get some consistently. Like the last few lineups, Murph has been hitting four. I love to see Pinder up there hitting four more often. He's totally got right? to pop there. Uh, you know, Pache Pache would be nice. Pache's had some big games. He's, I, he's not consistent, but he's had some big games. If I had to say a more of a uh, to add on to yours, when it's just you know critiques of the lineup, I think Pache. I'm at the point of this, of this year where there's no expectations. We just want to see what a lot of these guys can do. And even if he, I know he's not hitting well, put Pache at the top of the lineup, man. Get that guy yeah. as many reps as possible. Let him learn behind TK to become like an actual, like a consistent leadoff hitter. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating me is, you know, maybe we'll see the Slater down the line after a couple of these guys are going to be gone, but it's like, that's what should be happening. It's like, this is a year where we're going to be learning and we're, we're going to be growing. And maybe because like they still think they can be competitive right now. And that's where they're not that they have their best chance of winning was with him at the bottom the lineup. But I don't, yeah, it's weird. The four hole, if, it if, it'll be fun. If, if, if we like, and here's the thing too, like
1: uh, uh, The only thing I could think of is, like, they're trying to tank, so they're trying to be bad. But, like, I mean, Melissa Lockhart said it on this podcast. Like, once you get past, like, the top five to seven, like, picks in the draft, it's pretty much all the same. Like, there's no, like, real standouts and talent. So, like, tanking is not going to do us any good. So why don't we we get the young guys in there who we want to, like, develop and, like, let them let actually have a shot. Like, Shayla Angeliers, let's bring them up and give them some at-bats, put them in the four-hole, like, what are we what are we doing if we're gonna commit to this rebuild like let's commit to the rebuild it it's fucking stupid
0: On to my first good thing, which is kind of gonna be contradictory of what we just talked about. uh I liked how diverse and versatile this lineup is i <laughs> even though I, just, I liked it the first two weeks of the season, yeah, even though I, we just kind of crapped on it, but at least defensively, yeah, that's a mess. But offensively, I like kind of the plug and play of a lot of these guys, whether that's for good or for bad, because that's kind of how they learn how to play. Um, But it's like, cool. Well, we're going against somebody who is terrible against left-handed pitching. Well, cool. We're going to throw, you know, TK and and vote. Well, when he's healthy in the lineup, and kind of make them work around that. It's like, oh, we just need some speed. All right, cool. Well, we're gonna put. Tk in there, we'll put you know Pache a little higher in the lineup so he can kind of get on base a little bit more. Um, and there's a lot of you know moving parts with it. It kind of taped off a little bit. I think this whole team has in this last week, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but there's definitely some p- some potential that like plug and play guys was working a little bit for Cote, and I appreciate that. He's especially for somebody like him who he's learning on the fly right now. Uh, he's got Brad Opsmus on the coach to kind of train him a little bit or on the bench, but. I think in terms of that, I'm just kind of seeing like, all right, this is what we have in front of me for the day. What are the best places to set up? up, What are the best pieces to kind of plug and play with that? It's worked well in some aspects, except when it's Billy McKinney. Uh, The only like explanation I can think of for Billy McKinney at four is is,
1: like he's a lefty, but like you have switch hitters. You could put fucking, you could put fucking Jed Lowry there. I'd rather have Jed Lowry than fucking McKinney. Ugh, anyway uh my thing that's worked uh just sheldon noisy and i want to say i'm taking a lap uh, a couple laps around the bases in this one because Loud i fucking noises. called that um he's our best player of the season he's hitting 330 or something like that he's got a fucking huge home run yesterday it feels like he gets a, a hit like every game i think he like does um he's reliable he gets big hits when guys are on base too in in big beginnings like the guy is amazing i really like i said big max multi energy i really think that he could be a building block for the future i like him a lot like i i look i know zach geloff has been killing it in minors but like <clears throat> he's like three two or three years away and noisy's doing it in the big leagues right now so i don't know we there we need to find a spot for the dude he's fucking great
0: maybe move him to second i don't know you're on mute, bro. He's 27. So, uh, by, by the time a lot of these guys have come up, he can kind of be like, you know, the grizzled vet in a Veteran. way. He, he could be, kind of be what, I No, you know, I don't want to go too far in that assessment. What Marcus was? Yeah, no, yeah, for real. Like, that was going to say that. I'm glad you read my yeah. mind. Where, you know, Marcus was here a couple years in Oakland already, and then that's when Ollie and Chapman got called up. So, there, yeah. that's where the comparison's at. And hey, I think we've all seen what he could do because of what mm-hmm. he was able to do in the minors and maybe just going down to Dodger Stadium and learning from those guys for a little bit helped tune his game. So I'm, we're all rooting for him. I hope my prediction is wrong saying that James Caprillion was going to be the A's lone all-star. I'm hoping it's going to be Sheldon Noisy.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget, people, he was a an A's top prospect when he was here. He just got the, sh- again, he just got the shit end of the stick. I said this a couple weeks weeks ago. He got the shit end of the stick. He was play- He plays third base, which is where the future f- best third baseman in the league was playing. And, you know, he goes over the Dodgers because, you know, the A's have Chapman. They're vesting Chapman, so, like, there's just no room for noisy. Like, you know, he's 25 years old, and he's still in the minors. Like, something wrong with that. And he's f- hitting home runs like every fucking day. So he goes to the do- over to the-, over the Dodgers, and what do you got at the Dodgers? The most stacked team in, like, the history of major league baseball they've got justin turner over there they've got chris taylor who can play third base he doesn't play third base all the time but he can play third base they got max muncie they have all these guys so yeah he's not gonna get a chance there he just had to really shit in the stick you know sometimes player like we're, i was talking about this with the draft um my buddy brad with the draft this past week like it's crazy how many like stud players in college just like end up being bust in the NFL because the fit is just not right, and that was Sheldon Noisy's like life for first three years in the majors. He just was not. It just he got the shitty end of the stick. He wasn't a good fit where he went. But now it's great. It's it's a great fit, and he's our best player. It's great. We really
0: actually this is a bit of a toss up of a trade. So the re- the reason we we got Sheldon Noisy, we got him along with Hazel Lizardo and Blake Trinan for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Matson. I think that's yeah. a win-win. That's a major win-win trade. Yeah. Wait, what were the first two? Sorry. Uh, Noisy and Lazardo.
1: Oh yeah.
0: That's a win-win. Uh, you know, Doolittle became an all-star, helped win a World Series. Matson had some, yeah. some quality time. Uh, so what hasn't worked? They are terrible at home. Yeah, that Holy makes no cow. sense. How the A's no are three and eight at home so far in the season uh let me make sure I'm doing the right the math right there um it's very evident that a lot of these uh guys who haven't don't have a ton of playing time or big league time are aware of uh how big the Coliseum plays yeah if you want to account for you know they actually scored eight runs on um on Friday against Cleveland but then Saturday one run. Sunday, three runs. It's Monday, today, one run. um te- uh, Texas, last week, two runs. The day before, it got shut out. The day before, one run. um Whether it's because, hey, this is actually what this team actually is. They're going to be a little inconsistent offensively throughout the year. We'll see. But if they head out when they um, – we have can talk about it with the coming schedule. But they're going to be in – Minnesota, this coming week, the following week, they're going to be in Detroit. If we see that they are able to go out there and actually consistently perform offensively, there's got to be some conversations ahead. I'm like, okay, well, what are you... And that's something that I think um, about the coaching staff will have to do is like, what is your philosophy where you're hitting it so wrong in Oakland, but you can hit it everywhere else? And if there's anybody who knows how to hit better than in oakland than anybody else it'll be mark Hotze and jed yeah. lowry like the guys who've been playing played crap they've probably played at least a thousand games in oakland at this point in their career maybe yeah hot that and again jed lowry easily you kidding me actually take that jed back lowry? at least at least 500 they've at least played 500 games in oakland each well jed Lowry. think about the i mean jed
1: Lowry's had three stints with the a's
0: but still, you're, that means he's doing. Let's say he's hitting at least. He's playing at least sixty games in Oakland a year. F- across, oh, I, I guess I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: didn't, so I didn't. I didn't think about it in that way, where it's like it's half the schedule. Yeah. Half
0: the but, but, yeah. But but yeah, but besides yeah. the point, I think that's something I'd love to see in the coming season or this coming month. Is okay. How are you gonna? Are you gonna start teaching these guys to adapt to hitting in this coliseum where? Kevin Smith was able to have the benefit of hitting in a fr- hitters friendly park in Toronto. Same thing with Pache. Same thing with, um, that's pretty much the main new guys who are hitting consistently. But yeah, yeah, they stink at home. Figure out a way to fix it, please. Uh,
1: mine is, uh, oh my God, I'm totally blanking. I, I. I don't I don't I, I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I honestly don't have a second one. I just really I just went all in on that on that first one.
0: You could you want to keep McKinney. using this time to talk about Billy McKinney.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was just like so ready to just go on that insane rant about you, Billy You you'll okay? get yeah, You know what? Billy McKinney, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. I at first I would I said the four-hole hitter. Now mm. I'm just going to say it. It's fucking Billy McKinney. It's I mean, that guy, I just does he like have dirt on Mark Kotze? Is that what's going on here? Like, do, like, did he witness a murder? I'm just so confused. I, I, we don't have to do this again. I, it's fine. But, it, um, I have a positive. We want to move on to positives. Take it away. All right, last positive for me. Um, oh, the the young pitchers are have been really impressive in, in my opinion. Um, uh, Dalton Jeffries and and Cole Irvin. I mean Cole. You know, it's it's his second year, so I guess it's a little bit different. But he started off exactly where he left last year, like just very consistent, very in command of of, of the game. Um, you know, gets gets out of like tough innings when he needs to. Um, Dalton Jeffries has he looks like a veteran out there on the mound. Like he just he has same thing. He has such control of the game. Today was not a very good example, but his offense kind of like let him down a little bit um we'll see what what james caprillion does moving forward you know he had a tough start but it was command issues so hopefully he can bounce back but the main two young guys have been really impressive frankie is classic frankie he's has an amazing start and then he fucking has just a epic crash and burn he's just so inconsistent Uh, let's not even get into adam oler he was just an absolute mess um but uh but yeah I've been really impressed with with Dalton and, and or Cole Irvin, and Paul Blackburn's been amazing. Yeah, but uh, but I, we don't. I, I feel like I mean he's not a young guy though. So, and we don't need to talk about him. We all know he's been amazing. He's we've been gloating about him on this podcast. For he's been our best pitcher. Gloating about him on this podcast for years. But he's not a young guy. I just I'm, I'm impressed with how how uh, uh, mature Cole and Dalton
0: look on the mound. So. That was, that absolutely my, love it my big one. uh my last final good thing i want to talk about is the bullpen the pen has been great to start so the season good. really good they actually I knew you
1: were gonna pick that one so that's why i didn't pick thank that you
0: one. you know i love me a good bullpen um mm-hmm. but yeah they, they actually they <laughs> they pretty much shut out the rays tonight Dude. after jeffries um you know kind of had to have after you just please praise him he didn't have the best start tonight and uh but that's okay <laughs> but they've looked was really the good
1: bad one of the whole season though.
0: yeah uh yeah. aj puck has looked really good his is starting yeah. to tick up a little bit i really Danny
1: Jimenez, diamond in the rough dude where the fuck did he come from
0: an era of zero in the first dude, month um and I, that was when he started closing i was like what the fuck who is this guy yeah, I don't think Lucivino's getting his job back, and I don't think he should, seeing how well. No, Danny's fuck been there. no, he shouldn't. Um,
1: hell no, and he shouldn't be the setup man. We should keep Puck there.
0: Yeah, Puck is awesome. I think there's, I think at some point Pucks will be in the rotation. At, yeah. I hope yeah. they just kind of get that Pete, keep getting that pitch, kind of keep getting that there, and he'll be ready because he'll looked really good this so far. I really like Kirby Sneed. Sam Mole, the freaking Mole man. Dude, Sam Mole's been Adam, dope. Uh, I was gonna say Adam Ovino. Adam Kolarek has looked really well. They have. These arms are finally coming together. So, yeah, uh, you know, huge shout-out to Marcus Jensen. Acevedo's uh, been good, too. Uh, all those guys have been oh, good. All, been well, all those guys have like, been good. Marcus Jensen a great job of helping manage his bullpen. Murph has really shown his leadership with helping a lot of these kind of um, people who have really either don't have much big league experience or are just kind of diamond in the rough like Danny Jimenez. We didn't really talk about
1: what do you think that the change has been with Murph calling games from last year this year? Because we were complaining about his game calling last year because it was an issue. Like he clearly there was pitchers on the staff that did not like him catching their games. Like I mean, I was one. Well, what, we traded what, them. <laughs> we traded, They traded the guys who didn't like. Uh, yeah, but
0: what Murph what Cash is it? Him.
1: What is it about these guys that that he connects with? Do you think it's like these are the guys that he caught back in the minors? So it's just kind of like the feel like there's a history there or something.
0: I wouldn't be shocked with that aspect, especially with like Jeffries and puck uh, where they've been pitching together, pitching, you know, they've been a battery unit for years at this point. Um, but it's, and I know Murph and, and Cole had some familiarity last year, uh, but he's honestly, we uh, he won a gold glove last year. We know how good he is defensively, but I think the one thing that's really talked about a little bit on was on the Radio broadcast. I can't remember who said it, but they were just talking about like he's becoming actually a lot more comfortable with like framing pitches as well. And hey, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you frame pitches that uh, you get calls that you shouldn't be getting, and you boost the confidence of your pitchers? So kudos to him. I hope they continue maintain this, and my I hope that puck is going to be in the rotation at some point. Maybe Do that'll be it's maybe also this month.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't. I mean, I don't know where he would fit in though. Who would, who would, I don't wouldn't want to take
0: out any of the guys. Yeah, that's true. I think they'll really. All, I think the only the only possibility is if Frankie gets traded. Yeah, which I I don't think he's gonna get traded till the deadline. It seems. Yeah. If you if you, you didn't, all these
1: guys have been so good and consistent, I don't want to take any of them out of the rotation. If
0: you were going to trade him, you should have done it like right at the beginning of April. Yeah. Now you're at the point where it's it's too late. You're better off just waiting till we get to July and see if something turns. So. Hey, you yeah. know what?
1: Uh, do, do you think, do you, hold on, do you think that part of it with Mania was Manaya's so, like, loose and, like, you know, silly? And I've heard Murph is very business, intense. Do you think that was part of it? Maybe.
0: No, I, I don't want to speculate.
1: I'm a very, like, carefree, loose person. So when I, like, work with people who are, like, intense and, like, fucking, I it just kind of, like,
0: rubs me the wrong way. Oh, Oh, but we already have a couple catchers, but watch Austin Allen end up with the Padres. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, cause just because it's like, oh, here. Yeah. Ball like, Sean, you remember this guy? You knew him well. But hey, you know what? I think this exercise kind of just showed us that there is some stuff that we really like with this team. And uh, let's hope that for the rest of the season, they can ma- help maintain a little bit of that. And for the stuff we don't like, fix it. Throw back to the old. Yeah. Game. All folks. All right, Julio. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right, so
1: it's time to pick our Player of the Week. Player of the Week is brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm Agent of Walnut Creek. If you would like a quote, um, uh, give Chris a call to get a quote on your um, um, automobile, home, or life insurance. You can call him at 925-266-8997, or check out his website, www.agentchrismartinez.com. Let him know that the Tail Gay guys sent you his way these are getting more and more legit yeah julio
0: who's your, who's your player of the week it's going down i'm yelling Pinder. nice yeah chad pender has looked really well since he's come back from the il uh this past week he went five for 11 uh you know just a, a slot below 500 he was the a's sole run of the uh one of things shut out of the Giants he also made history that day he became the first player in A's history dating back to Kansas City and Philadelphia to be the only run in a winning game where he it was a lead off home run never happened in the 120 plus years history of this franchise so (laughs) baseball weird shit happens all the time yeah so Chad Pender player of the week welcome back buddy Good job, Chad. 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 Such
1: a white boy name. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No offense, Chad Pender. I just I had I saw the opportunity and I had to go for it. All right, mine is gonna be. It's pretty obvious. Um, I've been deep throwing them all episode. Sheldon Noisy. Um, last seven games he has is hitting 300. He's got a home run, eight hits, one orange run. Um, only eight strikeouts. Um, he's been just dominant. He's been our best player all season, hands down. He made some errors at first base yesterday, but first base is not his bag. See what I did there? Bag base, you know, stealing a bag. okay bag. A lot. I thought it, I thought it was mildly clever. Anyway, um, third base is a spot for him. So uh, shout out to Sheldon. Um, heavy Max Mun- Muncy injury energy coming. To the A's again. Um, it's
0: great. She should get that on a shirt, heavy Max, Max Muncy energy. Max Muncy energy. Uh, the upcoming schedule, we are recording this Monday night, May 2nd. They just wrapped up their first game against the Tampa Bay Rays, in which they lost 6-1. Uh, they have a game tomorrow and Wednesday against these Tampa Bay Rays in Oakland. Uh, right afterwards, they'll be flying. They get the off day on Thursday, where they'll be playing the Minnesota Twins, who have actually been uh, really hot in the last uh, few last weeks we get to see our old nemesis for the first time in twins gear mr carlos correa we might see an old friend with uh, Sonny gray pitching in the american league so chris we heard what's going on now it's time to go to the essential tools of the week last week i chose danny jimenez as my essential tool because hey trevino's coming back let's see what he can do and he was great you only pitched in two innings, but he did record a save, uh, no earned runs. You only give up two hits, no walks. So good for you, Danny. Keep it up. And I was Chris, to say, you
1: picked an easy one. I thought that was bullshit, but whatever. No, uh, whatever.
0: Uh, Chris, you I'm just kidding. I'm just went the me. road less traveled. You chose Stephen Piscotti. <laughs> and um, and not a great week. He went one for ten. Um, get him next time, big guy.
1: Chris. I keep getting pretty ballsy with these picks, and uh, they're just not panning
0: out for me. That's the sound of it not panning out for you. Well, let's keep that trend going. Yeah. Who's going to pan out for you this week? Billy
1: Mc. Fuck no, I'm not <laughs> picking Billy McKinney. That's not happening.
0: Um,
1: uh, mine's going to be Christian Pache because Pache. Um, I think he needs a ride. The momentum of being the fan favorite of the of last week and like all this stuff and uh, really like step it up with a bat um he's he's when he's good he's good and he's fun to watch but he's got to be more consistent and we could use his help at the top of the order so christian Pache, get it you're muted my guy get it
0: get it
1: get it <laughs> i should have what, said what's muted. the podcast over under per episode um how many times i've told you mute i think it's one but this time is two so
0: for the listeners if you bet oh the over good job good job uh i am going to dalton jeffries He gave up six nice. runs tonight not a great outing and then uh and, not everybody's perfect julio and then his previous start again he was going against carlos rodon so you can only do so much nice. yeah but he gave up five runs against the giants as well uh wilmer flores really just tore him up how, it's like how do you lose to somebody named wilmer Come on. The Giants are like really good, so like his
1: name's Wilmer. No. Like the Again, the Giants are like really the, good. The stupid Wilmer
0: Flores is also really good. Like I don't the stupid know I pig from Charlotte's Webb. From Charlotte's Web. From Charlotte's
1: Web. Hmm. Oh, it's wow. Wilbur.
0: Sorry, I got corrected in the background Wilbur. if you didn't know that. Damn. Um, our our host, third Whitney. host coming in Thanks, again. Anne uh, but, yeah, Dalton Jeffries, uh, I think he's looked really good to start the season the last it's couple. It's
1: fucking Wilbur, you idiot.
0: Oh, my God. Wilbur Flores. I'm going to call him that then. He's. W- I'm going to the Giants-Dodgers game tomorrow Wilbur at Flores. Dodger Stadium, and I'm just going to yell every time he's at bat, Wilbur
1: Flores. And then start doing, like, a, a pig. Like, Charlotte!
0: Oh, Charlotte! You can't,
1: you can't really, very loudly, though. Otherwise, you'll, like, fucking blow a lung or something. I'll make you know. Something worse from
0: anyways. Uh, Dalton Jeffries, Whoa, bro, Zion, getting
1: dark, <laughs> getting very
0: dark today. Yes, Julio. We're not, we're not we're there. Uh, Dalton Jeffries, we're
1: not a kid's show. I say fuck all the time, exactly. Anyway, you I'm d- sorry, you just
0: face. said deep throating. I know, Sean. You know, but that's
1: like my favorite thing to say when it comes to like, you know, obsession, like, yeah, just people like you know, being all over something or someone, standing. It's a good reference. When people hear it, they know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: That's true. It, it took me a while. And when standing first came out, I'm like, what are they talking? I'm like, oh, it's not like a negative condensation either.
1: Like, you know, I, people like that.
0: <laughs> Don Jeffries, essential get tool of the week. hope you get a bounce back start. Uh, all right. Let's, we can end the podcast. Um,
1: Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. We tweet stuff. Uh, mostly Julio. I had to take over on Friday though because uh, Julio was in an escape room and he escaped. Good job. We did it. Yeah, I was worried he wasn't, and then I would have to run the Twitter full time. We won the. We
0: beat the Jumaji escape man, room. Man, we
1: would have been canceled for sure. This is the guy who says deep throat on the podcast all the time. Um. Uh. Any. Any. Anything else? Julio? What am I missing?
0: Yeah. Follow us on go Twitter. Warriors. Let's go. Let's go fucking dubs. God him baby. Dude, on. Jordan just Poole. running through my body. He
1: has arrived. <sighs> he has arrived. 30 dude, you see a stat line? 31, 9, and 8 last night. He was 50% from three. It was fucking wild. He's that guy. Uh, gotta bust out the He's old, a star, dude. Bust out the old reliable box. He's a star man.
0: How come no one right. that meme? And it's an unreliable box. And it's GP2, auto Porter, and Looney. it's just every time they go out there, I'm like you are doing Honestly, it. Honestly,
1: you you sent you sent it to me when I was like mid like I was working on something last night, like super late, and I just like looked at it and put it down. It for okay for the listeners, it's not important. Anyway, we have a group chat about the Warriors. He sent this meme. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, last but not least, Julio. <laughs> Let's go, Oakland. And warriors. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by Once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say,
0: let's go Oakland.